Welcome to the Geek Therapy Podcast. My name is Josue Cardona. Today, my guest is Andrea Letamendi. She's been on the show before, and we've got tons of stuff to talk about. So, Andrea, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me on again. Yeah, it was, it's been a while since you've been on, right? So, so I figured we'd, we'd, we'd catch up a little on a, a few things and then talk about some of, some of your new projects. Sure, absolutely. I remember last time you were here, we talked about uh, you being uh, you having submitted a panel to New York Comic Con on the psychology of cosplay. Mm-hmm. And before the show, we were just talking about how how long ago that feels. <laughs> I know that was quite a bit ago. Um, but as you know, that panel was um, was definitely very exciting and and successful. We had a, a full room uh, at New York Comic Con, and then I, with my colleague Dr. Rosenberg, we actually did another survey, um, a much bigger one this time, to um, ask questions about uh, cosplay um, by, you know, it was a survey by cosplayers. So we very much wanted to hear the voices of cosplayers in this data. Um, And so we got um, just about a thousand participants in the second uh, research study that we ran. And we asked a whole bunch of questions about cosplay, about um, personality characteristics, um, cosplay behavior, social behaviors, and um, and I presented those findings at Geek Girl Con in um, in October of last year. I wanted to go to that. How how was Geek Girl Con? It was actually my first time at Geek Girl Con, and I have a number of friends who have been there before. Um, I, I I'm I think it's their third year, and uh, a few friends of mine had, had gone since the beginning. And they have said wonderful things about it. It's very inclusive. It's um, a safe space to talk about um, anything like cosplay, comic books, um, gaming, just basically all stuff, you know, all things geek, right? But um, but it's specific. Uh, it, even though it's inclusive and it invites both men and women and families and kids, um, there's a lot of space for discussion of gender issues. And um, and so yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. I know um, I, I'm on the I'm on the East Coast, and there's so many um, so many cons on the West Coast that I want right. to go to, but it's it's just too it's too hard to go over there. Yeah, sadly, I had to just because of, of scheduling and travel time and stuff, I had to choose um, Geek Girl Con over New York Comic Con, which is what I usually do in October. But they were both like a couple of weeks apart, and I I really couldn't make both, so. Um, I, I missed New York Comic Con last year. Did you go? Oh yeah, we had um, Geek Therapy had a booth. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. what I missed. Yeah, we had uh, Travis Langley hung out with us. Ali Matu was with us all day. It oh, was it's great. like a reunion. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. It was, it's like our club. <laughs> yes, yes. And actually, there's some ideas coming from that, which uh, we have to talk about later. That's so cool. Um, top secret stuff in the works. Off but the you're air, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're definitely um, a part of that. Remember the, uh, what is it, the Cortex Crusaders from yes. San Diego Comic-Con? Yeah, absolutely. Man, bummed, how things have changed in a year. <laughs> I know. It's been it's been a, a busy year. Um, uh, yeah. And and maybe, maybe the most exciting thing, um, you had talked to me about this when you were on the show last time, but you said we couldn't talk about it because you weren't sure when it was going to happen, if it was going to happen. So, so tell us a little bit about Batgirl. Sure. Um, now, gosh, it's been it's been about a year, but last year around this time, um, Batgirl sixteen um, was you know came out and it features a clinical psychologist 
who is treating Barbara Gordon for some both um, emotional uh, and physical traumatic history. And, and that character was actually, um, I'm proud to say, is based off of, of, of me, of my profession, um, of the consultation that I had with Gail Simone, who's the writer of Batgirl in the New 52 version of, um, of that character. And she was so kind enough to, um, to not only include a psychologist in the storyline, but also to name her after me and to, um, to really kind of open up um, the story, the narrative to this positive idea of this superhero seeking therapy and receiving mental health services for her, um, for some of her, uh, I want to, I want to say like post-traumatic stress symptoms. Um, you know, I think there's a lot we can talk about there about whether she's meeting full criteria for PTSD, but she's certainly, um, she's certainly, there's this, I don't want to give away too much because I think folks should, should pick this up. It's issue 16 and you also see this character again in issue 20. Um, but there's this relationship going with Barbara Gordon and her therapist and it's a very realistic, uh, and I, as I said, very positive, um, perspective on mental health treatment. I'm really glad that you mentioned that there are post-traumatic symptoms and there could be a discussion about the disorder because mm-hmm. so many times I think, I think the biggest value of, uh, people just in general being able to see themselves or relating with a client, it doesn't have to be a full disorder. It can be small pieces of it. Right, right. And I think, you know, well, you, you know, we're, we're complex. Um, humans are very complex. And so it's, it's difficult um, to just kind of nail down one particular disorder and say, well, this person has this disorder. And I think it's more realistic to show a constellation of different experiences, symptoms, um, and, uh, and, and signs that, that someone is struggling with something. And, um, and so I, I found it to be very sophisticated that she's in treatment and talking about some of her symptoms, but there really isn't this sort of um, clear, you know, diagnostic assessment that happens. It's more of a process. So that was kind of cool to see. Yeah, you're so cool uh, about it. Like, how, how excited were you when that <laughs> <laughs> happened? Oh, man. Uh, to be honest, I, I think, you know, certainly I, I think, you know, there are no words for it. You know, I grew up uh, watching Batman the Animated Series and getting into the comics as a kid. And then um, in my, you know, Gail Simone and I had some correspondence in which she had some questions about the therapeutic alliance and um, and what this character would be like, um, you know, the, the clinical psychologist. And so I answered some questions for her around that. And uh, she had more specific questions about what happens to a person after they experience trauma and, um, you know, how they would see the world and what questions they would ask and what anger and frustration they might have. And so there was this really important um, dialogue that I had with her. And, um, and that, for me, was was, you know, I just want to say like very fulfilling and validating that, that somebody who's, who's really important in in the field of comics was, um, taking all of this, all of this, uh, psychological consultation seriously and was asking very important questions. And so that was fulfilling for me. But I mean, just to kind of see this character, um, 
kind of, I mean, essentially this, that's me in comic book form and treating Batgirl is, is probably, you know, again, there are no words. It's indescribable. It's just, it's just very, um, it's just awesome. I talk on the show a lot about people combining their, their passions with their professions, right? Yeah. Like, like we can, we can be therapists, but we don't, you don't have to just be therapists, right? And, right. and, and that's such a wonderful example of, you know, that is like, this is possible, <laughs> right? Like you like comic books, you like Batman, you're, you're, you're a huge geek and you're this type of professional. Listen, mm -hmm. th these type of things are actually possible. People are doing them and, and you never know how, how those two worlds could meet in the future. It's, Absolutely. it's just exciting. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, and I know I'm very open, um, both when I, when I speak on panels, um, when I talk to people in person, I'm very open about being honest that there was a time in my life during grad school where I wasn't so, um, I wasn't so honest and open about being interested in comic books and being a fan of these things. And, and I think that was a difficult time for me. And so one of, one of the things that's, I don't know. I feel like one of the one of the things that I like to share with other people now is when I when I was open and when I did share this um, this passion and and did include it or dovetail my profession with with some of my hobbies, I started to feel very integrated and and that allowed me to feel less shame and less insecurity and embarrassment about it. And I started to learn that that was all kind of self created that. There was no reason really for me to be kind of secretive about it. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I do, you know, people ask, people ask me when is the right time to, to come out, <laughs> you know, especially <laughs> if, if they're um, undergoing training or they're in grad school. Um, I, I, you know, I, I feel like everyone has a different experience and everyone has a different time for that. But I, I didn't really quite feel right until I was very honest um, about who I am. And so naturally, I, I couldn't be that person unless I was going to Comic-Con and speaking publicly and, you know, again, just being very public about what I do and what my passions are. And that, I think, has, has helped me to to bridge some of these other avenues where I've been able to, um, to really get involved in, in the comics field. It's, it's so weird, right? It's like, when was it okay to be yourself? I know uh, it's sad. I know, but, but unfortunately in a lot of professions that it, it is a problem. It is a problem yeah. I mean, that people don't make it easy for you. But, uh, but I think there, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, uh, like surrounding yourself with negative people type of thing, right? Like mm -hmm. if your friends, if you don't feel comfortable around them, like get new friends kind of thing, you know, totally. like, like if in your profession, you, you're not surrounded by people who understand you or let you um, not just, not just be yourself, but thrive, then mm -hmm. maybe, maybe you need to start looking somewhere else because there's absolutely a place where, where you'll be able to thrive by, by embracing those, those passions and your interests. Mm hmm but I like to call it that your double expertise, right? Like if, if you're a, if you're an expert on Batman and you're an expert in psychology, there's, there's gotta be something you can do with that. <laughs> One should hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, I think it takes some time to develop, um, just like any, you know, we, there's lots of parts to our identities and I'm speaking more generally now that, that you might, you know, anyone might have, um, other passions or hobbies or things that they really want to get involved in. 
and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be one or the other um you know it, there should be ways to integrate um how you make a living um because ostensibly there's some passion there especially in this field um and what what brings you joy and fulfillment um you know when you're off the clock so to speak and so um i'm i'm incredibly appreciative and grateful of the opportunities i've had and i feel like um you know it's it's been it's definitely been a good year and how great is Gail for just reaching out and actually wanting to 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 do things right right i yeah i mean that that, so i can't good. i can't even describe how again just um how validating that is to have an expert in the comics community just come out and say you know i i really want to include this mental health treatment but i'm not sure what um what would a psychologist say and i mean even questions like what would the environment look like? Um, what would she be wearing? What what would be on the door? You know, um, things things that I think she could certainly have taken a shortcut and you know just went with the common tropes uh, that we see in the media. But she was just just so um, just so fantastic about doing the research and asking someone. Um, you know, to provide her with that information and, and again, to, to really pay tribute. And I almost say, like, while I find this character to be, I mean, I'm sentima- sentimental about it, I find I'm very deeply, personally, um, so thankful that she included me as a character, but I, I think there's a larger appreciation there. I think that she is, by including that person, by including a real psychologist in her narrative, I think that she's she's applauding mental health treatment and she's just supporting our field. And I find that that, to me, is just much more symbolic of, of how much she respects us. So, you know, I can't say say enough about about that uh, that gesture. Yeah, yeah. Um... I, I'm hoping to present uh, this year on on sort of this topic on on it's it's so hard to to put like this uh like the responsibility of correct portrayal of of certain things on on creatives but at the same time there's like so much harm that can be done if you do it if you do it wrong and and for years we've had so many mixed messages and just weird things said about mental health that makes our lives more difficult, makes makes people right. who are actually dealing with mental health issues just confused and, and you know, we, we're educated by by fiction. And uh, so so this is a topic I want to talk about in the future, but that's why Gail is one of my heroes, just the fact that she mm-hmm. reached out. Anybody that does that, um and and understands that, you know, that maybe I should look into this a little bit before I start just talking out my ass about post traumatic stress disorder <laughs> or anything like that, right? I mean that that's so great. I know, right? So it's funny, we come across uh, all of these messages and sometimes misconceptions about psychology and mental health. Just yesterday, I was playing um, Heavy Rain. Uh, have you ever played Heavy Rain? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have? Okay. Yeah, so, absolutely. All so the way to the end. I I couldn't get to the end but because I was frustrated. But <laughs> um, actually... My boyfriend Brian was was playing uh, at this point. And I was sort of just observing. I was multitasking, and I noticed that the main character is seeing what they're not clear. It's a psychologist or a some kind of doctor. He's getting this fancy. He had a fancy MRI done, something, and he's lying on the couch. And he said, "You know, I, I think I might have um, 
I think I might have multiple personalities. And then, you know, like you can pick, it's kind of like choose your own adventure. You can like pick what you want to say next. Yeah. And one of the things was schizophrenia. And I'm like, oh no. And, and I'm like, Brian, click on schizophrenia. And then he clicked on it. And the doctor was like, well, you know, like experiencing a trauma often causes multiple personality. I mean, all of this was just basically going down this, this like, this uh, trail of of lies, basically, like <laughs> talking about how, for one, that trauma causes schizophrenia, which is not, not I mean, absolutely not, absolutely shaky not. research. If not, I mean that that's not really founded. And then the other the other uh, common misconception that that these multiple personalities are is what schizophrenia is, which is absolutely not true. So, um, so this is in a video game and, um, you know, I think there's, again, there's a lot of misconception and uh, just like messages that continue to be wrong that people are getting. I'm so glad you brought up Heavy Rain because, uh, I've actually been trying to compile a list of different, um, different mediums, um, yeah. video games being one of them where they make these kind of stupid, egregious mistakes, right? Uh, I've got something coming out on Grand Theft Auto, which is uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, which actually has you seeing a therapist as part of the game. Okay. Um, and he, it's in Grand Theft Auto fashion, he is a parody of uh, a therapist. His price goes up every time. Um, he's <sighs> very demeaning. It's it's fantastic satire. But I think, and and I think that in Grand Theft Auto uh, Auto's case, it's. It's great that they're doing it because they're still – I think it's great that they're still talking about mental health and stuff. Mm, but I mm-hmm. think it's up to people like you and me to comment. Like, that's, I just want to make sure that you all know that that is not the way it really is. Right. It's funny and it's stupid because it's Grand Theft Auto, but that's not how it really is. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I, yeah. I tend I, – I use humor a lot just both in practice um, and in, in in education, you know, to – to talk about some of these things. Cause as you know, these are very serious topics and you've got to have a sense of humor to get through it. Um, and sometimes messaging can work, um, can be very effective with a sense of humor. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I tend to, I, I tend to be, I don't know. I appreciate jokes when they're on, the jokes on us, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's when they get it completely wrong or, or, you know, like it, it wouldn't, I think with Heavy Rain, I was just upset that it doesn't take a ton of research to make that distinction between uh, what's no longer called multiple personality disorder and schizophrenia. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And, and the guy who makes Heavy Rain, I mean, those games are very cerebral, right? And they they try to be very psychological. And uh, But, but yeah, where was your research? You weren't even trying. What's happening? I know. It's, I mean, all of this, if you think about it, like all of this stuff is happening to this guy. And and you see the, just visually, the, the mood changes, the music. I mean, you think they have a clue. Yeah. But that's one area that, that they did not. So, yes, yeah. put that down as... Uh, as one of the uh, video game failures. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, um, a lot of uh, lawyers and doctors have similar complaints about procedurals and medical dramas, mm-hmm. about how it's just bullshit, mm-hmm. just complete bullshit. Like, they're just making stuff up. And, and I've heard about people who get just very, very angry. I, we've never had a show like that. I remember a few years ago, Fox started a show called uh, Mental, hmm. and it was at a mental hospital. 
and I wanted to throw my TV out the window. They actually had like a, a client come in. Uh, it was in a, it was like a psych emergency, and all of a sudden, and I, I'm serious here, a page of the DSM would appear, like supposedly a page of the DSM. Oh my gosh! And they would and they would put the code and the disorder, and then they would start like treating the person. It was it was insulting to to our profession, and it was it was hilarious. It got canceled after <laughs> like two episodes. It was just it was just ridiculous I I, the whole thing. You know it's so funny. <laughs> I I sort of feel like who would be interested in that? I mean, sometimes I have moments where I know I would be interested just to, if it's a train wreck, I'd want to be interested I'd I'd want to see it, but also if it were done well. Sometimes I have feelings like I don't know if you're not in the mental health field, you might this might not be interesting to you, but that's just kind of the the world I live in where you know, I sometimes I have thoughts that other other people may not want to have the conversations that I want to have because I'm just constantly um, in in my mind palace, as Sherlock would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, these medical dramas never have, nobody comes in with a fever. It's not a, a family doctor, you know, treating colds during flu season. It's like, it's a hospital and there's terrorist attacks and there's outbreaks and plagues and, and wow. weird stuff. And house always had things that weren't, uh, you know, you couldn't pronounce. And, and, you know, that's the drama. It's exciting. Yeah. So if you were going to do something with mental health, you know, everybody would have to have the most, you know, the most, the, the weirdest, most, um, obscure disorders, um, and just the weirdest symptoms and have, you know, two doctors disagreeing on diagnoses, things like that. Right. I don't know. It was the first time that I could ever relate with the complaints I'd heard about doctors and lawyers. Oh, man. <laughs> at least, so on a positive note, I know this is completely off topic at this point, but I've been watching Homeland. Have you ever seen Homeland? I have not. It's on my list. Homeland is, I'm, I'm late to this party. You're you're quite late, but I'm also yeah, very late yeah. to this party. <laughs> and I started watching, I think I'm in the second season now, and they really, um, I don't want to give too much away. I think what's what's well known, I think what p- most people know about the show is that um, the main character, Carrie, played by Claire Danes, is um, someone who is struggling with a mood disorder and undergoes some treatment. I won't talk too much about that, but but they, they, really, they really give a nice portrayal of the treatments um, of some of her mood swings, of some of her episodes, and, um, and I think that it's super smart. I think that it's, again, it's realistic, but it's also... Um, it it shows us it shows us kind of a side of it that uh isn't from isn't really from the professional side it's more from the perspective of the person struggling with it and living with it and i think that they do a really cool job of of being accurate when it comes to um that particular mental health problem so put it on your list yep i just wrote it down <laughs> yeah i think you'll like it awesome. I need to I need to watch it. And and like I said, I don't know, I feel I feel like more of us who are who are more vocal about our interest and and our profession need to comment on these things. Yeah. I I feel responsible now. I don't know. I don't know how many of in our circle feel that way too, but I think I think it's good to point out the examples that are that are kind of accurate and and sort of spot on and the ones that are absolutely not. Yeah, I rightly so. I mean, I think that with this level of expertise and and the specialty areas that we have, um, when we see something that that other people are going, you know, that's going to be 
perceived and uh, received by the public. I think if we have an opportunity to to comment on it um, and even bring up discussion about it, I think that that's always good. Do you remember this? This was maybe three years ago. There was a group of I think it was psychiatrists that were. Um, speaking out against DC Comics yes. for always portraying their their villains as having like being schizophrenic or, or something like that, and and there's this effect that people don't realize where people who may actually have symptoms or may actually be diagnosed with a disorder start to see that there are no positive examples of people with those disorders, and they're all criminals or murderers, and mm-hmm. and, and and they're afraid that they might be become that, you know? Yeah, and, and that's what they see on TV. Yeah, that's, that's I, dangerous. I I think it can be. You know, I, I remember I once I once taught a course where part it was a sort of psychology one hundred and one course, and and part of one of the activities was to um, identify a fictional character and to apply um, what we know about um, mental health disorders and you know try to kind of identify a fictional character to present, do like a case conceptualization. Mm-hmm. And I actually, from my from my colleagues, from my other other instructors, I got s- some bad feedback about that. Uh, folks who said, "Don't you worry that you're going to, um, you know, like you're going to create this this idea that people with disorders are villains," and um, and I think that I think that they had good intentions with that. But the truth is that most of my students were bringing up fictional characters that weren't villains. <laughs> So I feel like people were assuming, you know, maybe it's because they've seen villains, um, they've seen, you know, the bad guys in the media uh, have, uh, you know, being portrayed as having these disorders or being portrayed as having mental health problems, and that's what people are applying to this. But I do remember getting some feedback that, um, you know, that there's this worry that if we use fiction to teach about mental health, that we could be potentially you know, either saying that people with mental health problems are, uh, you know, we're, we're diminishing them to be like villains, like, you know, the Joker and the Penguin and these, these characters um, that are clearly uh, the bad guys, um, or we're simplifying things, we're sort of um, minimizing the, the seriousness of mental health disorders by talking about fictional narratives and uh and comparing them that way and you know i don't have a sophisticated answer to that but i think that you know i always go back to what what my mission is and and what i what i try to do which is to educate and to broaden the public knowledge about mental health and mental health disorders and to decrease the stigma by talking more about it so um exactly all of these things are conversation starters yeah whether they're positive or negative examples we can can point out which is which and and then talk about what it really is yeah what it would be look like in real life mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so i understand that the people not everybody is welcoming you know when, when i when i talk about you know this um this work that i do but um again fundamentally the idea is to talk more about it and to you know to debate about it and to i always say you know it's a safer way to um, to talk about some very serious and sometimes sometimes um, triggering types of conversations that you know certainly we can't talk about real patients for the most part and um, some people are unable to talk about real people um, because it's so difficult so um, hopefully this is a way that people can talk about mental health 
with, um, you know, again, in a way that's safe and accepting and, and hopefully in a respectful way. And that's why going back to what, what I said at the beginning, the idea that uh, representing characters or, or or pointing out that characters have particular symptoms or particular behaviors is a, makes it a lot easier for me anyway to be able to talk about it with a client. Because if the if 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 a character like you said in Heavy Rain is you know is either schizophrenic or or has multiple personality disorder, I mean you all, all of a sudden you put this huge label on it, and maybe maybe a client doesn't relate completely with a character, but then it just confuses them, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have this weird conversation where it's like, well, they did this right, and this is like this, and which part did you relate to? So ignore this part over here. I don't know. It makes it more complicated. Yeah. So, so just yeah. being able to isolate one thing, and and comics are great, right? Because we can isolate sometimes things in in, in a single panel or a single page uh, that can show a feeling or a behavior or, or or a thinking pattern. And and once you can isolate that, I think it's a lot easier to for, for clients to relate and for for me to explain mm -hmm. and and be able to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And actually, that that brings up the Arkham sessions, which is this podcast that I'm doing now where in the very beginning um, we actually wanted to to have this uh, this format I guess of of this uh, this podcast where we would be very diagnostic um, so the Arkham sessions is this podcast um, where my co-host Brian Ward and myself we we kind of break down each episode of Batman the animated series the best TV show best. ever made, correct? Yes. Is that correct? <laughs> right. Um, no doubt, uh, without debate, that is the best. That is the best animated TV. Maybe show. The Wire, but but probably <laughs> Batman the Animated Series. I have, um, yeah, I certainly have a soft spot for it, and um, this has been quite a fun experience. Basically, we take each episode and each podcast, each of our, each podcast episode observes and analyzes one episode of Batman, the animated series, and we go in the order um, of production. So, um, oh wait, no, we're going in the order that they were aired. I'm sorry, because I realize there's a difference. I'll have to double check that. I actually don't know. I think we're going, we're going in the order of the discs, but gotcha. see, now, gotcha. now yeah. it's being revealed that Brian does all of the tech work and all the, uh, the editing, and, and he's the one who presses play on the... <laughs> player so i have no idea what order i want to say we're going in the in the order that they were um that they were aired so um we we break it down and in the beginning um the objective for each episode at least in the beginning was like okay we'll we'll um we'll break down the episode we'll talk about what happened in the episode and then we'll take the villain you know it's sort of like the villain of the week we'll take that villain and i will talk about um, any sort of develop, developmental history, um, talk about any um, past trauma, anything that might, um, you know, sort of inform their mental state, uh, precipitating factors and so forth. Then I would talk about what happened, um, you know, the, the presenting symptoms, you know, like what are they currently dealing with and, and how do we know that? What are their behaviors? Um, whether they're you know, emotional, somatic, um, what, are there any physical issues, uh, kind of doing a breakdown of what they're presenting with. And then, okay, diagnostically, what are they meeting criteria for? And what are the, you know, are there any 
any other potential um, access, we would say access one or access two disorder. So any other co-occurring. We don't do access anymore. I know, I know. But, at the, <laughs> you know, traditionally, yeah, 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 traditionally, yeah. what, what uh, do they have personality disorders and do they also have any co-occurring disorders and so forth? Um, that is the nerdiest idea. I know, it, it, it totally is. And it started out great because the first episode was Man Bat. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, I think, a lesser known uh, but pretty pretty interesting um, villain, and we were able to go through, you know, all of the um, all the criteria and talk about, you know, what not only like diagnostically what his profile might be, but also like what kind of treatments he would um, we would recommend. Um, and the second episode was a Joker episode, and so of course that there's a lot there to talk about and. And suddenly we got into episodes where there there wasn't really a villain of the week or it was a villain we had already talked about. And it really opened the door to other psychological themes. So a couple of weeks ago, um, we talked about... Um, the episode was called The Underdwellers. And we talked about this um, this idea of, of child labor and child trauma and what would happen to children... If they were basically this, these were children who were kidnapped by by this particular villain and and taken underground into the sewers and and you know they were basically laborers um, and they were tortured and so we talked about childhood trauma and recovery and resilience um, and treatments. The next episode was about actually it was about uh, like. Uh, eyewitness testimony and eyewitness recall. So we talked about memory. Memory. Yeah, and perception. Yeah. And and then this last one we just recorded um, was about um, amnesia because Bruce Wayne gets uh, hit in the back of the head and then loses his memory. He gets kidnapped, loses his memory, and uh, has no idea who he is, where he is, what he's doing. And... Um, and he has this, you know, full-blown global amnesia. And so we talked about um, we talked about uh, memory disorders and amnesia, and uh, you know what that usually looks like, and how rare this particular form is, and all all sorts of stuff. So I'm finding that the original format. This is all to say that the original format of just picking one character and then trying to, to pick a diagnosis and then talking about treatment was just so, I think it was very, the focus was too narrow. And I'm finding that to my surprise and, and to my um, great enjoyment, there's so much more psychology. It's not just psychopathology. There's so much more psychology in in this series that um, we're really broadening to other, other types of, um, you know, psychological um, phenomena that is pretty cool. I think that that's a perfect metaphor for for mental health and for for people in general, mm-hmm. right? You, sometimes you can't just put people in in a little box and 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 give them one label and or or a situation or a relationship or or anything. Mm-hmm. They're just they're really complex. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm finding that it's even though you know folks write in um, or folks uh, tweet at me and they're like, you know, what does Bruce Wayne have? What does Batman have? And you know, people really want to get a label to better understand 
and categorize um, a character. And I think that certainly that's what we do for a living. You know, our field is is just um, very reliant on categories and on trying to understand um, human behavior by organizing it that way. But this approach to Batman the Animated Series has actually, I think, been helpful. And hopefully it's been educational for folks who are tuning in and wanting to understand about psychology and realizing that it's much more multi-layered and complex and you can't just get a snapshot of somebody. You, you only know what you know and you can make some, you know, you can make recommendations, you can make um, some general, you can bring together some findings, but, but ultimately you always need more information. And so it, I think it's kind of um, an interesting theme that little by little, episode by episode, we're getting more information about Bruce Wayne and these main characters, but we can't really say for sure. And we're, you know, continuing to, um, to look forward to the next episode. So, so, I mean, you kind of went into it right now, but what is your, 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 you guys goal? For, for the show? Is it just to have fun? Uh, just to revisit an old series from your perspective? Do you, do you have, like, do, do you want it to be educational? You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think ultimately our mission for this podcast is to, of course, uh, broaden people's knowledge about mental health. Um, you know, again, we started out with just clinical psychology and mental health disorders, but we're we're finding that there are these opportunities to talk about other psychological um, processes. So we're um, we're hoping that people. I always say, like at the end of an episode, if if someone who's not in the mental health field, if someone's listening to it and they learn one thing about psychology that they didn't know before or vaguely knew about it, but you know didn't quite didn't quite understand, if there's one thing that they could they could learn from each episode then I'll, I'd, I'd be happy about that. Um, but we also realize these are fictional characters and these are fictional stories, and we also want it to be entertaining, and we hope that people who are fans of Batman the Animated Series and, and you know, DC Comics in general are tuning in to, to just sort of um, explore some of these characters more in depth. Um, so the fundamental, more general response uh, to that is, uh, to your question, is, you know, let's explore more deeply. Let's talk about these characters more deeply and have a, have a more, I guess, deeper understanding of them. So do you, do you remember the series vividly or are you kind of going back and rewatching it? And I remember, I mean, yeah, I remember, I remember a lot of the episodes, uh, some of them stand out for me, um, but we are, we're definitely rewatching them we are before we record we actually will watch a full episode and um and i've seen i've seen more of the series than brian has but um but it's funny i mean he's he said he said he has said that he doesn't or he hasn't watched the show a lot and that when he was a kid he didn't really watch it but he remembers quite a bit you know when we when we end up watching some of these episodes we'll both be we'll both remember much more than we think. And, um, and then there's, there's some episodes like this last one that I, I completely forgot about. I, I was like, wait, Bruce Wayne, like went undercover 
as a beggar and then got hit in the head and like totally lost his identity. I don't, I don't remember this happening. So, um, I, I asked you because, uh, I, I remember, I think I may have seen every episode maybe three times. Wow. So you know exactly I, which episode I'm talking about. I have no idea. My memory is so bad. I remember watching the show a lot. Yeah. I remember renting it, um, when it came out on DVD, I didn't rewatch the whole thing, but my memory is so horrible that I can barely remember anything because i'm always consuming just too much content it's it it is not good i don't think it's healthy actually uh, (laughs) i have i mean i have a similar problem where i won't remember details of a movie yeah you know so i think there's just too much information i'm trying to put into my little brain (laughs) yeah 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 and and it's one of those things where i'm like there are tons of episodes and then after that i watched superman the animated series and then we started watching justice league and then unlimited i remember batman beyond I remember watching Batman Beyond and, and liking it more than the animated series. And I recently started rewatching Batman Beyond. And I was like, I don't remember anything. And I remember watching everything. <laughs> <laughs> it is so, it, it, it's actually, it's a cool problem to have because yeah. I have re-experienced some things. I remembered, I remember loving that episode, but not remembering the episode. Yeah, it's totally. It's a weird experience. Um, so, so I can't, uh, I, I would love to rewatch the series again because I remember loving it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do want to say it's, if um if folks want to tune into the Arkham sessions, the each episode of our podcast really is, you know, kind of breaking down and analyzing the episode in a way that you don't necessarily have to watch it. Uh, have to watch the um the animated episode to to listen to us, but it is helpful if you do because then um you know you'll you'll kind of have a visual to to what we're talking about. But it's certainly not it's certainly not required. You can listen to a whole episode of our podcast. And we actually, not only do we break down the episode, but we include um, some clips and explanations so that we're actually breaking down what happens. Um, so it's not required to, to, you know, to watch an episode before listening to our podcast. Are there any episodes you're looking forward to? Yes. Um, a few. <laughs> yeah. There's um, certainly the Harley Quinn episode, um, I think it's not, I don't think it's in the first season. It, it it's coming up, um, where the first ever appearance yes. of, uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yes. And this show, I mean, it was pretty groundbreaking in that it, you know, it, it opened so up the universe. Yeah. I mean, she was, Harley Quinn was created for the animated series. Um, detective Montoya was created for the series and is a really great, strong female character. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, there's a lot of um, backstories and histories of some of the villains. Heart of Ice is um, it, just an incredible episode about um, Mr. Freeze and his backstory. So I just think, you know, there's 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 the nostalgic aspect of it, but it's also, there's, there's uh, certainly for the Batman universe, there's a lot of, of fundamental... Um, themes and character development that were certainly, um, you know, solidified by this show. And I have a ton of just a ton of respect as an adult for it. And now watching back, I even think like as a kid, I don't know that I fully understood the messages and, and, you know, the greatness of the show. And now as an adult watching back, it's, you know, it really is well written. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it definitely holds up. It is. It was so good. It was so good. Oh, it's so good. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's great. And and again, you know, folks, we we love interaction. So if folks can, if they want to ask us questions, um, you know, recommend. Uh, it, we just basically like the interaction. So please comment and rate and and ask us questions and interact. And we uh, we have a Twitter handle. It's at Arkham Sessions, and um, and we really like that interaction. And we hope that. As we get better at this podcast, we can include more, um, you know, more of people's um, feedback and questions in the actual recordings. So I think you're you're the first uh, guest I've had on who has a a similarly geeky mental health themed podcast. Like you're, you, we're fellow podcasters now. Yes, I'm. How does <laughs> <laughs> how does that feel? Like uh, what 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 does it feel like? How do you like it? I don't. I mean, let, I I still feel like I'm not worthy like saying that I'm a podcaster quite yet because it's only been a couple months and I'm like we talked about before there's so much work for folks that aren't that don't do podcasts there's so much work that goes into um you know setting up the podcast working or writing the agenda or the notes editing and just you know working on the theme so there's and getting used to just you know talking about um, something with purpose. Um, you'd think that I would be okay with that given the field that we're in, but <laughs> it can be yeah. it can be a struggle to really stay on point and to uh, to really want to get your message across. So it's been fun, but it's certainly it is not easy. I'm just thinking about how many podcasts I listen to that they actually have like staff or or, or somebody in charge of the recording or or a whole team involved, you know, because um, they're, they're bigger companies and they're, they have these huge setups yeah. and yeah, that would be, that'd be great to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, um, Brian and I recently, uh, recorded a podcast and, uh, they had a number of co-hosts and then they just had one guy that did the, like did sound, like did the tech stuff. And I was like, we need one of those. We need that guy to, to just do all our, our sound stuff because, you know, as we talked about before, it can it can be challenging. Oh, I made my own art. I made the intro music. Oh, I do all the editing. It is it is oh, you, a labor you have of certainly, love. <laughs> you have certainly done it all then. We yeah. we were lucky. Yeah. We had um, Tom Zaller, who um, who writes the comic Love and Capes, drew our our art for um for our podcast and he came up with this original idea um which is it's it's kind of cool it's me holding um a notepad and i that's where i have all my psychology you know therapy notes process notes and really there's like a bat symbol drawn in the notepad (laughs) and then i have there's this uh image of of batman kind of done in a very bruce tim style uh sort of coming out of my head slash black hair so it's it's really it's really cool and uh we also had someone write the music for us who um who is certainly competent and capable to do it um his name is evan and we were lucky enough to have just a few team members to to kind of get us started there but um but yeah podcasting is indeed a commitment and uh but it's a lot of fun and and like i said we we love getting questions and feedback and even in the beginning we when we weren't on itunes yet um folks were telling us like look 
you need to get on iTunes. Like, yeah, you... I tried to listen to the first episode. I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not bringing up YouTube yeah. on the phone. Like, get, get that thing on iTunes. <laughs> and and I mean, it was great feedback because we we knew we obviously knew that at some point we would need to get on iTunes. But from the very beginning, folks were telling us, you know, I mean, even somebody was even saying like, I refuse to listen to you. Um, I mean, it was an angry message about like, until you get on iTunes, like you're dead to me, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but we learned a lot and and now we're on iTunes we're very proud to be on iTunes and um and uh we I think we just recorded our 8th episode so um that should go up uh, this week so so where can people where can people learn more about the show well certainly if they want to interact with us and ask us questions and and you know uh communicate the best way is on Twitter at Arkham Sessions is our Twitter handle. And um, if you want to listen to the podcast, there's a couple of ways. You can go to my site, which is underthemaskonline.com. And I every week I post the latest episode there. Um, you, If you're into YouTube, you can subscribe on YouTube. Um, just search Arkham Sessions or The Arkham Sessions. And then on iTunes, we're on iTunes, just search The Arkham Sessions and, and we'll come right up. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, our, my new endeavor. Man, if we talk again in a year, I wonder what, what stuff we'll, we'll have done by then. This has been a crazy year. I know, year. I'll be exhausted. So many, th <laughs> so many things have happened. I'll be very um, sleep deprived. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what else do you have, uh, coming up soon? Well, um, so coming, coming up in April is WonderCon. And uh, WonderCon, again, is in Anaheim this year, which I'm very excited about because it's just just down the way from Los Angeles. So, um, so I'm very happy that I'm be going to be able to go. Um, I am unable to say exactly what I will be doing there, but um, very likely I will be speaking hopefully on at least one panel. And uh, if things are consistent, just like last year, it will be about psychology and comic books in some way. Um, yeah, so that's that's the next um, event. Are there um, is there like a specific list of uh, cons that you you always go to, like you never miss? I try to go to WonderCon and San Diego Comic Con every year. Um, for a couple of years, I also went to New York Comic Con, but with Geek Girl Con being in the same month, I may have to alternate those. Um, but this year, I'll very likely go to Geek Girl Con again. I recommend that for folks that are interested in, um, in kind of a, 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 you know, I don't want to say, I sort of niched, right? It's uh, Geek Girl Con is, is certainly uh, the kind of convention that is... Um, as I said, it's inclusive and welcoming, but it also has um, panels that are very um, kind of, you know, culturally and socially minded. So I really recommend that that convention. It's in Seattle. Um, yeah, I want to talk to them on the show. Um, when yeah. we were at San Diego last year, they someone from from like their their organizing committee came came up to us and and I've been wanting to get them on the show to talk about the con. Hopefully, hopefully this year we'll do that. Yeah, um, Jen Stoller is one of the organizers, and I believe um, one of the founders of Geek Girl Con. I want to say, and uh, she's she's really 
she's really amazing and has put together a really really nice event with her team so um so yeah they're very cool um well i don't know so many Do you, cons going on i know it's, i was it's, it, it's great that there are some that are so so i guess specialized focused yeah and smaller because yeah. a lot of yeah. folks tell me they they're just it's not that they're intimidated they just don't want to be around you know big crowds of fans they, they kind of want something smaller and so geek girl con really is the answer to that um how about you are you what, what are your travel plans Ooh, i got a lot of stuff uh coming up this year some cool stuff um some international stuff oh. um still waiting on confirmation but uh so hopefully um definitely I've been to New York Comic Con the last couple of years. Um, I'll probably go there. San Diego, definitely. I went the first time last year. Can't wait to to go again. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, and a few a few different things. Like people people are really responsive to you know to to the message. You know, to this idea of like that geek culture is is can be very positive and and you can do awesome things with it. And and the more we talk, the more we have conversations like this. Um, I think they spark more 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 conversations right mm-hmm. and 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 so many interesting things are happening um hopefully pax east coming up um doing a lot of stuff with video games now and uh yeah i think i think definitely pax east um san diego definitely some international stuff uh that's not confirmed yet cool and and new york probably oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah new york yeah i always had a friend who 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 lived I, I used to live in new york that's why i went the past few years mm-hmm. and uh i don't live there anymore but i have i have a few friends so i'll see if i can if i can stay there and last year we had a booth if we can do that again that was so much fun i'm so oh, bummed can, i missed out on that oh can you imagine just uh doing doing this for four days straight and having people come that's up to you awesome. talking about us oh it was amazing yeah it was the best i've, I've never really talked about it on the show but it was it was one of my favorite experiences ever just the stories that came out of that the just uh just the people and, and you talk to them for a little while. And I remember little kids uh, saying like, Oh, I'm going to tell my mom about this so I can win arguments with her um, <laughs> all the way up to other mental health professionals just saying like, what is this? What are you guys doing? And just being so open to it. And we just had all these books and all these resources and, and then hearing what other people were doing, but they really didn't have anybody to talk to about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, so like I was geeking out over what other people were doing. It's it's so much fun. That's such a such a great networking idea, and uh, that's I mean I'm not surprised that people were were very um, welcoming and and like wanted to learn more about it. So that's very cool. Yeah, I I would love it if we could do something like that, you know, and get a few of of our colleagues together and and make more of a presence. Mm-hmm. It would be it would be so good because even even a panel, no matter how big it is that's like one isolated moment. Right. And, and I never get to go to all the panels I want to go to. Right. Um, but to have a booth and just be able to, I'm going to visit them tomorrow, you know, mm-hmm. after this other panel and, and I'm going to go ask them some questions and I'm going to go get some material. And it was just so good. So I hope, I hope we can do more things, more things like that in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us collectively. Yeah. It'd be great. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Cortex oh, Crusaders. So <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man. So good. All right, Dresel, thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show sure. and talking to us today. Um, I know you said how to, people could find the show, but how can people find you? Yes. Well, uh, people can find me on Twitter. I'm very chatty on Twitter. Um, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very active on Twitter. 
I try to re reply to everybody. Um, I love interacting. If you want to chat with me, uh, my handle on Twitter is at Arkham Asylum Doc. Uh, that's Arkham Asylum, D-O-C. And uh, of course my website, it's underthemaskonline.com. I write about heroes and villains and fictional characters and the psychology um, behind them. Um, again, my mission is to really broaden uh, public awareness of mental health and decrease the stigma associated with mental health disorders. And um, where else? WonderCon. If you're at WonderCon, come find me. And, um, you know, if it's, if it's not obvious, I love talking about mental health and psychology and comics. And so I welcome, I welcome feedback and, and questions. And um, the one way um, you can interact, well, it's not so much interacting, but one way you can learn more about my work is to go out and get Necessary Evil which is a, um, a documentary that DC Comics and Warner Brothers released in a couple months ago on um, villains of DC Comics. And so, um, Josue, I'm not sure. I, I know um, our colleague Travis Langley is in it, and I'm in it. Um, not sure if you've seen it, but um, you can pretty much get that uh, online. You can get that on Amazon. And uh, we, we basically, myself and... Dr. Travis Langley and uh, a whole uh, collection of DC Comics and Marvel Comics writers, creators, voice actors, um, producers, uh, just talk about uh, this. Actually, they, they really end up talking about the psychology of villains. Uh, the documentary isn't called The Psychology of Supervillains, but we really are talking about why we love villains, what's behind that that love. Um, you know, the different kinds of villains, and it's a, a really nicely put together documentary that I'm very happy to be a part of. So, uh, so yeah. DC villains are better than Marvel villains, right? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're oh, going to get, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail now. <laughs> inflammatory comments. I asked the question, but I did not answer. No, this is true. This is true. <laughs> and like an idiot, I answered emphatically. With, without hesitation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Drea, so much for, for, for coming on the show. Sure. Everything that you talked about, I will I will put it on the show notes so um, people can, can find that. So that would be on, on geektherapy.com. Um, you can look under the podcast section, and I'll make sure that all that information is there. And for more information on Geek Therapy, yeah, just visit geektherapy.com or follow us on Twitter at Geek Therapy. 